0: inspiring stories, practical applications.
1: Doing ministry well.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash well. Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. Got another living room session going on right now. It is uh, another beautiful day in Manoa Valley. I don't think we have not beautiful days in Manoa Valley, but... uh No fans running. That's because we love you, and uh, we hope we won't sweat to death um, while we're recording this. Got a little bit of a breeze coming in through a crack in the window so that it doesn't get too nasty in here. But uh, yeah, I'm Jim Baker, your host, and uh, today we're joined by Mike Heath. Mike, thanks so much for being on the show.
1: Uh, It's great to be here. You're you're right. Summer has come to Manoa Valley. It's starting to get warm.
0: Indeed, indeed. Um, Mike, something that I really appreciate about you is that you've always just been an encourager of me. Uh, every time I see you in the parking lot or something, you just always take time to, to stop and encourage me, and I've really, really appreciated that about you, so thank you very much.
1: Well You're welcome. Um, it's it's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see things about you that I just appreciate, and uh, appreciate appreciate your, your leadership gifting.
0: Well, thank you. You've been, thank uh, you so much. Um, the other thing that I really love about you is just your heart for world missions. Um you really pushing the perspectives courses in local churches and just even on this YWAM base really just wanting us to get back to the core of, uh, yeah, it's about Unreached People Group. And so that's really, really blessed me as well. well praise God. That's what
1: it's all about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Mike, tell me how long you've been in ministry.
1: I have been in YWAM probably a little over 20 years. Okay. I, I was here... In the early days, kind of, you know, I think I was the the second DTS that was on this base. Oh, wow. And then I was here for a couple years after that. Um, Had a chance to see that um, apostolic explosion that kind of took place here, where we we saw work started uh, throughout Pacific and Asia. Then I went back to school and got back involved with YWAM in 1996, so okay. I had it all up somewhere probably around 20 years.
0: Okay, good. Yeah, some of our listeners probably don't know about all the amazing things that have happened here at YWAM Honolulu. Why don't you uh, tell a little bit about that explosion that happened in the 80s?
1: Yeah, it was it was quite a time. Um, uh, to go back to the roots, you have to go back to uh, the first leader, a uh, Tongan man named Kalafi Mawala, and uh, he was definitely an apostle. Hmm. and. This base wasn't originally called Pioneer Ministries. It wasn't originally called WIWAM Honolulu. It was called Pioneer Ministries. Mm -hmm. And the whole focus of this base was uh, we're here, whether it's temporary or long-term, it doesn't matter, because we're here for one purpose, and that is to uh, get out to Asia and the Pacific and to uh, start reaching the unreached and start uh, establishing uh, YWAM schools and ministries in all these areas that uh, we don't have them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean... My first outreach here um, as an SOE staff, School of Evangelism staff, uh, we went to India, and when I uh, got to Calcutta, we might have had five full-time workers in all of YWAM India, hmm. and the uh, majority of those were launched from this base a couple years earlier, Wow! and then when I came back in 1996... Ah, uh, there's well over a thousand Indian staff, oh, wow. and the same story for Nepal and Bangladesh and and throughout. And uh, God just had a, an apostolic call in this base. Uh, the people that came to those early schools um, were were called not to stay in staff. In fact, Kalaf used to joke with the staff. He says, "If you've uh, been here for over two years, you uh, probably have a case of staff infection." <laughs> we're, we're called to go. It, it's not a sustainable model, but it was it was the time and. Uh, uh, God really moved. Um, saw tremendous fruit, and, and, and lots of people going out.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what tell us a little bit about what you're currently doing in ministry?
1: You know, we um, transitioned. If if I can kind of uh, share a little bit about uh, my past, when I got back into YWAM, I was actually involved with church planting, mm-hmm. uh, with the Unreached. That's um,
0: that's at the
1: foundation of our call. We 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 feel this this call from God. Both my wife and I. Uh, uh, to bring the gospel where it's not and there's a focus on those unreached areas, those areas where uh, unless someone goes cross-culturally they're not gonna, they're not going to hear the gospel. Mm. And um, so we we're involved with church planting among the Hakka Chinese an unreached people group in Taiwan and also mainland China. And after eight years there God just sovereignly spoke to come to Honolulu and tie back with the Honolulu base and we were able to kind of work our way out of a position and the Hakka Church continues to grow today so that's a, a praise story. But um, came here, and I uh, thought we were going to be here a year or two, and next thing you know, we were directing the base and was in that role for about seven years. Hmm. And the last couple of years, uh, we transitioned out of that base, and we're kind of back where our hearts are, yeah. um, doing missions, mobilization, and training. Uh, still would love to be doing more hands-on church planting among the unreached, we, we currently have kids in middle school and high school, and we're just praying, you know, Lord, what is what is that next step? We're, we're here now, just got done uh, teaching missions in the DTS, but we're, we're excited to uh, uh, to see what God has in store for us, because we, we're itching to get back to Asia.
0: That's we're awesome. really itching to get back to Asia. Um, I know that you're real big on the perspectives course, um, and probably some of our listeners are pastors, and maybe pastors are interested in getting their churches more... Uh, involved in, in world missions, can you tell us a little bit about the perspectives course and how people can get involved if you are uh, interested?
1: The perspectives course, it, it's an amazing course. I mean, it's the um, it's the standard bearer for, for missions. Um, right now, uh, it's it's operating around the world, um, but anywhere in the United States, it's it's operating in in two hundred cities right now, hmm. and it basically. Uh, Looks at missions from a biblical perspective, from a historical perspective, from a strategic perspective, from a cross-cultural perspective. It uh, utilizes um, uh, the teaching and uh, uh, experience from you know more than forty top-rated missiologists. Uh, it, it literally is a standard bearer. Um, Youth with a mission are. Our church planning focus, we rely on Perspective material. I think any major mission organization relies on it, and I would recommend it for anyone to really get a, a clear, big picture of God's call on the church to reach the unreached. You know, the Great Commission is, is, is um, um, going to all the world to make disciples. Um, and when it talks about the world or it talks about nations in the Great Commission, nations actually means people groups. And, mm. and that's kind of the focus on perspectives is, is finishing the task and uh, letting people understand that big picture.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. How long is that course?
1: It, uh, it's, it, generally speaking, uh, most people run it in 16 weeks, sometimes 15 weeks, uh, where they meet uh, once a week for three hours, and they cover a different chapter. Uh, students do have homework. Um, don't want you to be unprepared. It's, it's just not a casual class. Um, it's uh, a college-level class, mm-hmm. and so you do do some of your homework and your reading and all that. No, you can take it without all those requirements. I wouldn't recommend that, but you can. Mm-hmm. But now there are places that do do it um, uh, in a condensed fashion, you know, um, in one week, two week, three weeks. But that's that's a hard way to take it. It's, there's a lot of information there. Yeah. Excellent, though. Excellent course.
0: So is that something that you have to contact someone to come and lead at your church? Or is that something that you can get the resources and lead that on, uh, on your own?
1: You know... Um, to actually lead the course, you have to have taken it, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, it's recommended that you've staffed it as well. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, there is, you know, you want we want to do a good job. Yeah. And one of the things Perspective Course has done an, an excellent job with is they've maintained a good quality control. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why it's been the standard bearer for probably the last 30 years mm-hmm. in, in the world of missions. But um, if you are interested in Perspectives Course, the best way to find out what's happening is look up perspectives.org. Org, It's a fabulous um, website slash database. I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. And uh, you can find out where any Perspectives course is in the United States. and um,
0: Yeah, that's and awesome. And it,
1: it can take you from there.
0: Cool. So that's Perspectives.org.
1: Perspectives.org.
0: All right, I'll put those in the podcast notes. Um, you also said your your heart is really for church planting. Um, yeah, what, is, what does that process look like?
1: You know, it's... Uh, Church planning, the, the terminology is actually changing now in, in many uh, mission circles. They now just call it uh, disciple-making. And mm-hmm. church planning movements are now being replaced with the term disciple-making movements. Um, the terms are synonymous, but um, uh, what church planning is is really carrying out the Great Commission. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, evangelizing, uh, discipling new believers, but uh, discipling them in such a way that they're disciple-makers mm-hmm. and reaching other people and making disciples and seeing Jesus-centered fellowships established that uh, uh, people are, are learning to obey and, and follow
0: Christ. Yeah.
1: And so when we talk about missions, um, you know, that's, that's a goal. You go into these unreached areas, um, we want to bring uh, the gospel and establish
0: those Jesus-centered fellowships, which we call churches. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about Taiwan. You said you were there for nine years? Uh, about eight years. Eight years, Okay. Yeah, so what did church planting look like in Taiwan? How did you end up in Taiwan? Um, yeah, what was that whole process You like?
1: know, the, uh, it's, it's an amazing journey. I mean, it was such a God thing. I, uh, I knew from my early days in Waiwam, Honolulu, I had a call to be part of Reaching the Unreached. Mm. And my journey led me to go back to school. And so I got my uh, uh, bachelor's degree and ended up getting a master's degree at Wheaton in um, education with an emphasis on missions and intercultural studies. And the plan was to go back on the field after my my degree, but uh, life had a, a difficult twist for me. Um, uh, ended up walking through. Um, I'll be honest with you. I I uh, went through a, a divorce. Uh, my wife at Bible school ended up uh, having an affair. Uh, I had a period of crisis. I uh, had to walk through that. At the same time, about three months, I found out about the affair and. In the broke relationship, I had uh, cancer, was diagnosed with melanoma. And God took me on a journey where um, I uh, just had to really question, you know, what am I called to do? Uh, I was encouraged by others to give up this missions call. I was discouraged myself. And yet when I prayed, the Lord would speak, you know, um, I've called you to, to missions. And mm. in fact, I would hear this specific word. I've called you uh, to go back to Hawaii. I'm going to lead you back to Hawaii. And then I'm going to launch you back in the mission field. Wow. And to... Uh, Kind of shortened the journey, I end up um, walking through this journey of seeking God and, and uh, end up getting a job as a director of a rescue mission. Hmm. And through that, God put me in a place where I was able to share the gospel daily and hmm. hear stories worse, worse than mine and, and, and get healing. And then God started speaking to me about missions hmm. and uh, reminded me of that call. He's going to bring me back to Hawaii. So I called Danny Lehman. After I worked my way out of my position as a director, I came to Hawaii for this mission conference here. And at the same time, another brother from Taiwan that I knew 10 years earlier named Greg Dennington came from Taiwan. He'd been doing church planning among the Hakka Chinese. And God connected us together. He invited me to go to Taiwan. I went with the initial six-month commitment. Soon changed it to two years after about two weeks there and ended up being there eight years. Met my wife, who's got a passionate call for missions herself. I had three kids all made in Taiwan. And just it was just an amazing, amazing wow. journey. God just... Fulfilled his promise. Yeah. The exciting part, if I have a minute to tell the story, is Greg didn't even know, Greg didn't tell that there was a conference taking place. Huh. He actually um, was getting ready to do his furlough with his wife, and the uh, Lord spoke to him, he needs to come back to the States. Didn't know the specifics, prayed into it, felt it was such a clear word to come back to the States, and specifically go to Hawaii, didn't know why, but they knew it was such a clear word they spent their furlough money for him to come back here just to, to seek God, what God was speaking he got there shortly before us,
0: wow.
1: uh, before me, and uh, that's how God works. He, <laughs> it's just, just an amazing story, yeah. and uh, that just just redefined my whole life's trajectory, you know, wow. and God God was faithful, and uh, even the hurt and pain from the, the earlier experiences, God has redeemed that, and mm. uh, um, I, just, I don't mind being transparent. My, my ex-wife is, has gotten her life in a great place, and... Uh, uh, though we don't communicate a lot directly, uh, they're supporters of Vivian and I, and um, wow. we pray blessings upon them as well. And, yeah. and God Amen. has God has been good; He's um, uh,
0: turned all things together for good. Amen. But, uh, Amen. Those who love Him. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Thanks for being honest about that. Um, so the actual church planting process—that eight years—what were some of the strategies that you guys were implementing as you were doing that?
1: You know, uh, um, we came into it. Um, there was already a leadership structure in place, mm-hmm. but. Um, Uh, there definitely was a a sense of beginning with the end in mind Mm -hmm. and instead of planting a traditional um, western style church Mm -hmm. um, uh, we used what we called then a cell church model Um, it's also known as home church or Mm -hmm. or simple church and um, uh, we were in an unreached area so it was really it was evangelism 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 you know as God began to move and uh, people came to the Lord we were able to uh, begin discipling put them in uh, small cell groups, we called them, um, with the goal just to see more evangelism and more multiplication. And from day one, we're encouraging them to share the gospel uh, with their family. And uh, it was it was small at first. It was it was hard ground, um, yeah. and uh, it kind of felt like trying to run a business without any capital. You know, mm-hmm. you just everything is just invested into it. But God began to move, and uh, um, you know the goal was for you know, Hakkas to reach Hakkas and mm. for there, this to be a Hakka church and not a ywm church or a Western church mm-hmm. and, um, see something that's, um, uh, reproducible and able to multiply. Yeah. And, um, uh, it's kind of exciting. Um, God has continued to work through that church. Uh, praise report is that church now is considered by the Hakka association in Taiwan as the largest Hakka church in Taiwan. Wow. Um, uh, that would be predominantly just Hakka church. Mm-hmm. And, um, also, the fastest growing. Wow. Um, it was the first to reach three hundred members. Wow! And most of that growth took place after uh, the majority of the missionaries left. Hmm. That uh, the Holy Spirit fell. God began to move. Something in the spiritual climate uh, changed, and more and more people are, are coming to the Lord. And so, wow. so it's exciting. So we were yeah. able to to see that foundation, and uh, that's the beauty of church planting. I mean, it's 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 like a gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, you know, wow. I can't think of anything more rewarding in life is to bring the kingdom of God where it's not. And then see something established, a church that will continue to grow and multiply uh, long after you're gone and mm-hmm. if the Lord tarries, it's hopefully will continue to yeah. grow and multiply and, and that seed will continue to reproduce.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, maybe you were just talking about it, but in all of your time in ministry, what's been the real highlight of your ministry?
1: Um, I you know, just to see god's love yeah for people and to see see him move i was just sharing in the class um for me one of the most incredible experiences was uh to witness baptisms mm-hmm. with the Hakka chinese and just hearing their testimony and just realizing you know it was god mm-hmm. and god spoke to them god led them god created those uh encounter experience that mm-hmm. led them to this place and uh and uh, just be blessed to know that you you were part of that. Um, what we did is, is, is planted the seeds, but God called us to grow. And just the realization that, um, you know, sometimes when we, we live here in the States, we can get so, you know, myopic in our vision. Mm-hmm. We we just see what's around us and uh, whether it's, you know, what's taking place in, in Syria or Taiwan or, you know, Nigeria, wherever. It's just, it's people that don't connect with us. Right. And actually go in there and being with the people, you realize these are people just like you and me. They yeah. speak a different language, have a different culture. But as you get to know them, they start reminding your friends back home and right. realize God loves them mm. and wants to reach them. And kind of the thing that initiates that whole process is someone being willing to go. Mm. You know, it's not that we, we have all the answers, we can do everything. But just just going to these unreached areas, God is able to bring growth and increase. It's just, it's amazing. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's so good. I mean, I've, I've been involved in missions, I've done a lot of short-term trips, but I've never actually thought about it that way, that the point of going is getting a face, you know what I mean? It, it changes it from theory to actual reality, Exactly. And that's what's life-changing about it. Yeah, I mean, I've never been able to articulate that until now, so that's that's really awesome. So, listeners, go on short-term missions trips, and hopefully stay there long-term. Amen. <laughs> um, on the flip side of that, what has been the biggest struggle of your ministry, and how have you overcome it?
1: Yeah, gosh, I mean, there's been different struggles. Um, I, I think the biggest struggle of my ministry is, um, you know, it, it takes place when I start looking at myself hmm. too much and I hmm. start evaluating myself too much. I start comparing and contrasting uh, who I am with others. Uh, one of the challenges of working in a, an unreached area is, uh, boy, it really, I had came Face to face with this uh, idea of what success means to me, mm. and those first years we didn't see much fruit, mm-hmm. and it was difficult. And I never saw my life looking like that. I always saw myself as being quote successful, and yet, yet I was successful in God's eyes because I was following Him, mm. and uh, just learning to keep my eyes focused on Jesus, mm. and and not worrying about myself yeah. and build myself. I guess I guess it's pride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it's a long way to say is 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 dealing with pride both on you know, the insecurity aspect of it, and also on on being proud, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, just working through that, and and it's just the pain that can come from our own pride. And, yeah. and uh, uh, that, I just I just hate it. I just, the Lord, just keep me free. Yeah,
0: that's good, that's good. Um, Mike, what are three practical tips that you would give our listeners on, on how to do ministry well?
1: Uh, the first, and I, I'd probably use for all three, is, is uh, I won't, but... <laughs> <laughs> Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, continually, that has been uh, the savior is 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 putting my eyes back in Jesus. You know, uh, whether I'm dealing with with discouragement, um, uh, whether I'm dealing with um, you know disappointment, where I'm dealing with you know some kind of conflict with uh, somebody else that I'm working with, a coworker or a situation, um, putting my eyes back on Jesus and just realizing that I'm following Him, mm-hmm. and there's just a freedom that comes when you get right aligned with him and the same respect for, for ministry you know it's it's really all about Jesus mm. you know when you can walk in that place and I'm working on it now I, I I desire to be in that place where I'm not thinking about myself I'm not thinking about um, you know giftings and all that as much as focusing on Jesus mm. and, and when I'm focused on what he's doing it just things just seem to flow naturally yeah. you know and it's like it's fun it's like watching him and just being part of the show mm. you know and be, being along for the ride and uh, I just would encourage people: keep your eyes on Jesus. Um, as a faith mission as well, you know we've had to re- rely on God to lead us, and as I look back, He always has. Mm. But there's been times I started getting anxious mm. and and fearful, and I just had to get back on focus with mm. Jesus and realign my spirit, and then God would bring release. Mm. And He's always taking care of us, but yeah, that'd be that'd be the number one: uh, keep your eyes continually focused on Jesus, and when they slip get it refocused as soon as possible
0: yeah let's unpack that a little bit what does that look like for you in your personal life what is the tool or the discipline that that really helps you get your eyes back on jesus
1: um you know i i I think um um there's a daily aspect of it It just even in in first thing in the morning you know coming to that place before god and uh just refocusing on him Mm -hmm. and uh getting aligned in the spirit i've Mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of meditation and listening to teachings on the kingdom of God a lot. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that place where, you know, um, uh, kind of on earth as it is in heaven and Mm -hmm. finding that place in my own spirit where, you know, I can walk in that place of of trying to be focused on Jesus, you know, walk in his kingdom, experience, actually tangibly experience that that peace Mm -hmm. and joy and sense of God's presence that comes with that. Yeah. um, it's definitely just you know spending time and really trying to get it back, right mm. for me it helps sometimes listen to teaching mm-hmm. um, You know I'll, I'll listen to different you know teachers on, on the internet or, mm-hmm. or doing reading um, mm-hmm. being in worship, you know usually after a few minutes if I make a, a choice to Enter in all of a sudden boy. I just feel like mm-hmm. I just get realigned with God
0: yeah. you know, when I'm in worship and uh, yeah, That's awesome. Uh, what would that second tip be?
1: You know, the second tip, um, uh, and this is for uh, people in ministry, I would say you really got to get that leadership thing right. Mm -hmm. Leadership really is about servanthood. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, I can paint a picture of a triangle that's upside down with that that point at the bottom. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where our heart should be as Mm -hmm. as leaders, as serving, you know, and um, uh, that just makes all the difference. Yeah. Um, and I, I think for me, I had a revelation moment. I was actually in school. We were in a leadership class, and um, um, uh, the professor defined love as being committed to the development of others. Mm. And that just clicked to me. It's like, that is love. Mm. And for me, you know, that, that's love. Um, obviously, you, you can expand upon that, but uh, to live your life where you're actually committed to seeing people be what God's called them to be. Mm. And as a leader, that's what you want to do, both on the individual level, I mean, even in your your marriage and your family, you know, what's God called them, how can I help them on that journey, you know, stand alongside and encourage them to that next step. Uh, But also, when I was directing the base, you know, you're kind of over the whole culture of the base, and and what are those uh, foundations, you know, that you want to bring into the the culture, what are those things, you know, um, that are going to provide a place where there's a culture of honor, where... You know, there's a sense of community where people feel safe. Mm-hmm. You know, just all so important. But at the bottom level, it's all about, you know, it's not about me. It's about, you know, how can I serve and, and do what God's called me to be? Yeah. And, and leadership, it doesn't matter if you have a title or not. We can all be where we're at and look at those around us and say, you know what, uh, how can I be committed to their development? And that's leadership. It's taking initiative to see growth in
0: others. That's good. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, what's
1: number three? You know, number three, and this uh, wouldn't apply to everyone, but it's just been an amazing gift for me. Is for those that are married or those that are gonna be married to find a spouse that uh, has the same vision. Hmm. Uh, it's just it's been amazing. Um, you know, God brought Vivian to my life, and uh, she had a same passion for 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 reaching the unreached, and it's just been so valuable to have a coworker and a partner that, you know, you encourage each other. You're you're walking in the same direction. There's that sense in your, your family that you know, it's God's in charge, mm-hmm. God's the head, which is it should be, mm-hmm. and that you know you're you're flowing together. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't imagine the struggle it would be to, um, trying to be one one ship trying to dock in two separate harbors and, and sometimes I know people face that and it's just been such a blessing to have a wife that uh, that um, walks with and together with me, you know. Yeah. And, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Uh, what What has been inspiring yeah. you lately? Has there been any books you're reading or a resource or a sermon series uh, that's really just inspiring you? You
1: know, um, uh, I go back to the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's been a, an area that's uh, inspired me for many years in the past, but there's just been seasons, and I'm kind of in that season where I just really am um, wanting to dig a lot more into uh, understanding the kingdom of God, experiencing it. Um, um, you know, Romans 12 talks about, uh, you know, just transforming your mind, you know, not not conforming to the world, but, uh, but renewing your mind, transforming your mind, uh, and to really think, you know, biblically in regards to the kingdom and, and how that plays out. And, you uh, um, uh, I I have enjoyed um, uh, recently um, Bill Johnson mm-hmm. and watching Bethel TV at times yeah. and just uh, uh, that, that's probably been a place I've been feeding a lot recently. Hmm.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the in the podcast just encouraging people to uh, go on short term missions trips. So here's a shameless plug: if you uh, want to get involved in some short term missions trips, uh, our ministry, the Baker's Ministry, uh, runs short term missions trips uh, usually 7 to 10 days we've led trips uh, in the states and also in Asia so if you are interested in that go ahead and shoot me an email I'd love to plug you into the team and, and figure out how to facilitate a uh, short term mission trip for you but uh, yeah Mike thanks so much for being on the show today I really appreciate your, your heart for missions and uh, yeah you just had some really great great tips today and I really appreciate that would you uh, just close us in prayer? yeah I would love
1: to Lord we we love you We just thank you for being here in our midst. We thank you uh, that you loved us first, Lord God. Mm -hmm. And I just pray for uh, everyone who's listening to this uh, that you would remove the veils from their eyes, Lord, and they would just continue to see just how much you truly do love uh, your sons and daughters, Lord. Uh, Both those that have been reconciled, Lord, but those that you're still aching for, Lord God. And Lord, I just pray that you would um, continue to Work through the church. Use this ministry of Jim and Jessica, Lord, uh, to draw people to yourself and also mobilize people to continue to go out to the nations and reach those that haven't yet heard. Thank you for this. Bless it, anoint it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Mike, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you. this podcast pique your interest in doing a short-term missions trip? Please contact us at thebakersministry at gmail.com. We can plug individuals into already existing teams, and if you're a team, we can facilitate a trip based on your group's needs just about anywhere in the world. Please contact us, thebakersministry at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources mentioned on this episode. To find out more about doing ministry well, check out our website, www.doingministrywell.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions on who we should interview next, email us at doingministrywell at gmail.com. To find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at www.jimjessbaker.com. That's www.jimjess, as in Jessica, baker.com. All links are Amazon affiliate links and help us out when you make a purchase through them.